Hey, all of you beautiful humans. Are you ready to find happiness? Welcome back to another episode of the Search for Serotonin podcast, the show all about destigmatizing mental illnesses, dismantling society's version of perfection, and helping you to find your own meaning of happiness. Join me, your host, Carolyn Farrick, as I have open, honest, and vulnerable conversations about my own mental health and my diagnosis with OCPD, a perfectionism personality disorder. We all deserve to find happiness on our own terms, and we don't need to find happiness alone. So welcome to the search committee. What's up, serotonin searchers? Welcome back to another episode of the Search for Serotonin podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn Farrick, and this week we are not in season one, we're not in season two, we're actually putting together an OCD versus OCPD mini-series, so that is being kicked off today, and as a part of that series, I am joined by my temporary co-host, my younger sister, Olivia Farrick. So Olivia, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Carolyn. I'm excited (laughs) to be here. Yeah, it's my first time podcasting. I'm feeling very yas today, so should be good. Giving all of the yas vibes. Yes, this is your first time podcasting. Yes, this is my first time podcasting with another human being physically in the same room as me. Mm -hmm. As my listeners know, Corbin and I recorded a couple episodes, and we do live in the same house, obviously. But we did all of our recordings via Zoom in separate rooms. So this is the first time we are coming to you from the same room. I'm just living, laughing, and loving, but not really. But I'm pretending to live, laugh, love. Exactly. So So Olivia is staying with me for the summer. For those of you who did not hear that, um, Olivia and I are both mentally unstable yes we are yes so as a part of her rent she is paying me through podcast episodes so we're gonna pick her mentally unstable OCD brain for the purpose of this mini series so Olivia do you want to start by just telling the people a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your diagnosis and maybe if you want to talk about some of the things you struggle with Um, well, my name's Olivia. I'm 21. I started going, I went to therapy for the first time when I think I was 15 because I was struggling with, um, a lot of just like anxiety, like OCD, depression from that OCD and not knowing how to like deal with it. Um, I was hesitant to start going at first because it wasn't something that I was really comfortable with and so I'm just trying to figure out how to re-enter that sort of thing just figuring out how to have a good relationship with therapy and not be afraid of it anymore yeah and that's me no I think that's good that you're sharing you know your experiences with therapy and you're talking about it wasn't something you really wanted to get into because it wasn't something that you were super comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a lot of those similar experiences with therapy. I started out going because I was forced to go. I didn't actually want to go. It wasn't a like willful decision that I made, Yeah, but being forced into it is really kind of shitty because you don't really give it your all you don't get yeah. out of what you're supposed to yeah that's like exactly what happened to me and like for me it was like 
mom wanted me to go because I was like I like things got so bad that I like started telling her about what was going on which you know is really bad because I'm the type of person like I don't want to tell anyone anything like I don't want to like share my feelings like that's gross personally (laughs) (laughs) that's disgusting and so I like that's how like things were like really bad so I told like told her about it and I know she was like trying to help me and like wanted me to just like get help but I wasn't like in a place to like do that so like the first time I went to therapy like I would go and sit there and then the therapist would be like trying to ask me all these questions and stuff and I was like yeah I'd be like no I'd be like giving like one word answers and like like that's kind of why like I kind of like said that I wanted to stop going and the therapist kind of like really agreed because she was like it doesn't even seem like she like really wants to even be here and so that's why I think I didn't really get like a lot out of it and like I don't know it just didn't do much for me at that time in my life yeah no I totally feel what you're saying because I was that way when I started therapy too I was very much so like oh I'm just gonna tell them what they want to hear yeah exactly give them the answers that I think will make them the happiest so then I can like do this but not really have to like bring up any of the bad shit or really dive into any of the like serious stuff that I actually should be talking about yeah just because like it didn't feel comfortable like you said it didn't feel like you were there for the right reasons you weren't doing it for yourself you were doing it to make other people happy which I think is such a big thing that people do when it comes to therapy Mm -hmm. there are like other options if you're not ready to like go see a therapist Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of like personal like I'm not I don't want to say like maybe like research that you can do and just like other ways to like cope yeah at least if you don't want to go to therapy because I feel like I don't know it is a big step to take and there are other options of what you can do and it's easier said than done like therapy is also like a trust thing yeah because you have to trust your therapist you have to want to open up to them you have to want to like really do the work yeah and if you can't you know trust yourself let alone your therapist then you're really not going to feel comfortable to divulge those heavier deeper things and for everyone listening out there I just want to make it clear um I always say you know I'm not a professional Olivia is also not a professional she's not going to school for psychology or anything like that she's going for park and resource management yeah and I went for communication studies so it's not like we are trained professionals who have you know facts to give you about this but we are just two people who are diagnosed with this stuff and we've been through the process and we've gone to therapists and we tried a bunch of different medication and so I think that's the nice part about this whole mini series is we're not here to provide you with research or statistics or facts. Yes, I might pull some from the own my own research that I've done and mm. share those with like what I found with all of you. But we're just here to share what we've been through and what we've experienced and, you know, what works for us. So just take everything that we're saying with a grain of salt. And we're just here to share our experiences and just, you know, be candid about that in the hopes that it might help all of you out there as well yeah we're just operating on vibes <laughs> we're just vibing we are literally just vibing um we're exploiting our mental illnesses for you guys so hey we're doing what we can and you know what honestly like 
it's a big step to even just like talk about it because especially with OCD like it's something that's so like I think misunderstood by like a lot of people because they think it's just it stops at like being like I don't know like a clean freak or like a neat freak is what people like to say about it or just like organizational stuff but it's actually like a lot of like really deeper things and um a lot of the times like I know for me it just makes me feel like something that wouldn't be so easy to talk about to other people because a lot of times I don't think people would understand and a lot of the times in the past I've just been worried about people thinking I'm like crazy but um it's difficult to talk about and like taking that first step can be the hardest part of starting therapy yeah yeah and like you said talking about it is a huge step to make Mm -hmm. like you said OCD is one that is very stereotyped yeah um a lot of people think about it as for mostly the contamination aspect yeah and that is something that I struggle with there's like different ways that OCD can like manifest um one of the biggest ones for me is specifically like the contamination aspect of it which is where people get that misconception of like oh it's just about like you need things to be clean and like it's a lot more complicated than that in my experience um because for me I've been I think the first time I ever started struggling with something OCD related was probably uh farthest back I can remember is probably about like third grade Mm -hmm. um and it's like it was like things that like a lot of the time it was things that like don't make sense and there was a lot of times like things that just a feeling or like a worry and um just things that would like linger in your mind and you would have to like like obsess over it obviously and then you would try to do that compulsion to make yourself feel better and whether that compulsion was like I don't know like cleaning something or like even like the more complicated ones like I had a lot of um religion related obsessions and stuff like I had where I was like (laughs) I feel like eight years old and I was so worried about accidentally um lying because I was I thought I was going to go to hell so there was like a whole year of my life where I would say like maybe or like I think or like oh I'm not sure like after I said something because I was worried if I accidentally lied I was like gonna go to hell forever so that was like my obsession was like worried about like sinning yeah so then the compulsion was um I have to make sure I'm not accidentally lying to people so that was an interesting one. There's been so many over the course of my life. And it's just like it changes from different periods of my life. There's been there's been a lot of like germ related things. Yeah. And like specifically like the last year, I've had like a lot of like fear related to like blood. The I went to the school health office at um college because I was going to get like I don't know what it was like I had to get blood drawn or something yeah and like I got the blood drawn and everything and then I looked down and like there's like blood on like the no the paper that they cover like the office examination tables with yeah and like realistically you can tell yourself oh that's like your blood they were just drawing your blood like yeah it just like um dropped there like it's your own blood like nothing's wrong with it but I was like there's that little voice in your brain that's like but what if it's not your blood yeah what if it's somebody else's what if that was already there and what if they have like some disease so then I would have to like all I could focus on was like the area that like I thought that it like, touched that part of my body 
And the thing that always happens for me is whenever I like feel like I need to clean something, it's like that part of your body is like sort of like pins and needles and that's like all you can hyper focus on. And so I had to like go back to my dorm immediately and like change all my clothes and like shower and like clean my bag and everything. And that's just like a lot of like what it's like whenever I get some sort of contamination related moment is that it doesn't matter if like it didn't even specifically touch me. It's like I in my brain, I go through all the steps of like, oh, it touched this. And then that thing that touched it touched this. And then I touched that. Yeah. So then it's going to like hurt me in that way. Yeah. And like, that's a really good visualization for people of what OCD is like, because like you said, a lot of people stereotype it to, oh, I'm just really organized or I'm really cleanly or, you know, like, oh, I have to use like color-coded post-it notes. No, it's literally just those like voices in your head that you can't shut up. That's constantly going. Like OCPD is very similar. Like for people who aren't aware and haven't heard my earlier content on OCD versus OCPD, OCPD is more of a perfectionist personality disorder, where OCD is more of the compulsions and the like routines and things that you feel like you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, not that routines and stuff aren't associated with OCPD, but OCPD is more like list, list fixation and constant list making um the piece you said about religion which we could go probably do a whole episode honestly about our time in catholic school and religion yeah Yeah, probably because literally for ocpd in the like fact sheet it's things like that that people don't realize that make up these disorders it's not Mm -hmm. just the stereotypes that you see it is like the constant voices in your head and it's the fear that like you know if i don't do this this way then something bad's going to happen. And it's the same with like the OCPD. It's like, you know, I get into fits where I like clean stuff. And if things aren't cleaned perfectly or it's not done my way, because with OCPD, you think your way is the best way, the right way and the only way, Mm -hmm. even if it's not the most efficient. Yeah. So like if something's not cleaned to like my standard, then like I get that same like burning feeling, but I get it in my chest. Yeah, yeah, like like, you can't breathe. Yeah, and it it consumes you. Mm -hmm. And so- it's good to share those experiences and let people know, hey, I'm more than just a fucking stereotype. Yeah. I'm like a person who, Mm -hmm. if I'm living in everyday life, I'm going to be experiencing these things and you might not see that and you might judge me for that, but it's so much more than just meets the eye. Yeah. Especially like, there's so many different ways that like OCD can manifest in like, just like different things that you wouldn't normally expect. I know like a lot of people have like a checking, um, like fixation Mm -hmm. so just like checking if like say you leave the house like just checking that you unplug like your hair straightener or just checking that you turn off the stove or things like that or like for me I also this I kind of have some things like that like when I set my alarm for bed Mm -hmm. every night I have to check it like at least like three times before I'm like sure that um it's actually like there it's just like feeling that like security and it's just like I feel like having OCD is just like a constant kind of search for that sense of peace and like making sure that everything is right um which is like really tiring and like really hard to deal with because when you have to like feel like you have to fulfill those compulsions it can make you feel like that's 
all you can focus on Mm -hmm. and that all you're trying to like do in your life because when you do have like that one thing wrong um and all you can focus on is just like fixing it it causes a lot of strain in like other areas of your life so I know that's just something that's people don't really realize is that it's not something that's always has an easy fix yeah and hopefully you know throughout this experience of this mini series you know just having these conversations between me and Olivia hopefully we can just shed some more light on these two diagnoses 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 fuck if I know fuck if we know but share more about like the real life symptoms of OCPD and OCD and kind of how they compare and how they differ you know, we'll give people some more insight and break down that stereotype a little bit further. Mm-hmm. So I like to ask guests that I have on usually like a series of questions and they usually follow the th- same theme. Okay. Um, but with the interest of this being the mini series, I really wanted to switch up the content and make it more like light and casual and fun. Okay. So just rapid fire or whatever you're mm. feeling, nothing wow. too serious. Okay. I'm um, so fun. <laughs> so fun. So I'm crazy. so light. People people always tell me how fun and light I am. I know, right? Okay. So first question is, what is the biggest struggle you have living with OCD? And then I'll answer this as a perspective of someone who lives with OCPD. Oh, okay. Well, I think that the biggest struggle is honestly just trying to explain it to other people in your life and feeling like you have to like hide those things because a lot of the times like like solving those compulsions can feel really shameful because you can feel like you're the only one that it makes sense to yeah and it's not something you can easily explain without getting into like those different layers of like how it affects you so yeah I'm gonna say just hiding it from other people from an OCPD perspective I would have to say, like, the perfectionism is also a struggle. Yeah. And, like, trying to rationalize, like, why you have to do everything, like, a specific way and, like, why it has to be up to your standard. And, like, sometimes you don't even understand what's happening yourself. So a lot of the times when I'm going through stuff, I can't put it into words because I don't even know how to fucking process it in my own mind. Yeah. So that's definitely a very big piece. And then another thing that I've learned with OCPD, which I always thought was just like, you know, an anxiety thing or like just like a common thing, but like intense intrusive thoughts are a big issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, you can't control it. It's literally like, you'll just be trying to like relax or enjoy yourself. But like with OCPD, you don't really have the opportunity to genuinely relax Yeah, because your brain's constantly telling you oh, you should be working or you should be doing this. Yeah. You need to be productive or here's this thought and now you need to obsess over this and like feel like a failure or like yeah. someone who isn't functioning properly because these thoughts like won't shut up in your head. Mm-hmm. See, like I am someone who has, I haven't really had intrusive thoughts since I was like younger, but mm-hmm. the way that they would manifest when I was younger were really like strange. They'd be like little like competitions with myself. It's like, oh, if you get to, like, this, if you don't get to, like, this certain part of the room before the door closes, then you have to, like, it sounds so bad, you have to, like, stab yourself or something. They were, like, yeah, they were, like, really violent, and it was, like, I don't know, just, like, these little competitions and be, like, I don't know, like, I can't even explain some of the intrusive thoughts that I've had. It's just, like, very, like, strange things. Yeah, 
no like that's the thing about intrusive thoughts though and that's why I feel like people don't talk about them as much either is because they can be like so drastic like that Mm -hmm. like yeah literally earlier I was sitting downstairs doing my makeup and randomly like sometimes I'll just get these like flashes of thoughts going through my head and like you know just like a lot of the ones that I think of like a common one throughout my life that I've never really told anyone about is like whenever I do something that I don't feel like you know like oh I have anxiety about it like oh, I said something stupid or like someone's going to be mad at me or these scenarios that yeah. I create in my head my intrusive thought then becomes oh like I wish someone would just like take me by the neck and like throw me into a wall yeah because I feel like I deserve like that I need to feel some kind of pain and like I've always thought like oh someone should just come and like beat the shit out of me yeah. and like that's yeah. so bad to say it's <laughs> no it's so true though it's say. true like when you get like those like feelings of like like self-doubt and like not feeling so great about yourself and just wishing like when you don't even feel like you can do anything about it just like wishing someone else would like come and intervene and not like wishing but like the intrusive thoughts take the form of like well maybe this should just happen to you because you don't even feel like a good person anyway no literally and like you feel like since you didn't live up to some standard or you're not like good enough or whatever like something bad deserves to happen to Mm -hmm. you and I think that's how I always frame it is that like oh I said something stupid or I wasn't perfect in the way that I think I should be perfect so then like I in turn now think like oh you deserve to be like punished or you deserve to like you know feel some sort of pain or like be treated poorly or something like that and I think that's like played into a lot of aspects of my life you know with like shitty relationships and like struggles and friendship like Mm -hmm. the mental health aspect really makes everything a lot more complicated yeah than people realize yeah for sure and even just like going beyond like those feelings of just like oh something should happen to me and just kind of like doing something to yourself because like when people talk about like self-harm and things like that I know it's always focused on like cutting yourself and things like that Mm -hmm. but they don't like there's a lot of other ways that like self-harm can come through like as an extension just of like all these intrusive thoughts and maybe just like all these frustrations and just like wanting things to stop and thinking it might be just like easier if there's like a physical pain to go along with that because like I am someone who is like in the past I've had like a very like tough time dealing with like my frustrations and just like anger in general Mm -hmm. so I'd be like I'd be like fucking (laughs) I'd get so mad I feel like I would just like fucking punch myself in the head like as hard as I could like a bunch of times until like the voices would like stop yeah telling me all these frustrating things because it was easier if I like felt like some physical form of pain on like my head Mm -hmm. instead of um just being able to focus on that instead of like all these things that like you have going on in your mind is that why you started pulling out your hair when you were younger too or was that like something else? well actually um pulling out your hair is like a separate disorder it's called trichotillomania and so it's a whole actual like disorder in itself um I think it's considered like a body repetitive disorder don't quote me on that that's just what I've that's just what I've heard but um that is something that is kind of I feel like I could consider it a form of self-harm because something about it sounds so strange it's not like as weird as it sounds it's just I like 
feeling like that physical pain of like when I pull like out my hair and sometimes when like it bleeds and stuff Mm -hmm. and like it was just something I could like I don't know it is something that I did do a lot when I was like frustrated or like maybe like not happy with where things were but I'm not sure that's so related to like having OCD that's just much as just being like a separate issue of itself yeah so yes trichotillomania no one ever talks about it because like if somebody had like explained like this is an actual thing that other people do and not just something that you're doing I would have felt a lot better about (laughs) I don't know if I would have felt better but I wouldn't have felt as weird as I would have having like bald spots at like eight years old Mm -hmm. you know and it's like still something that I struggle with and um I think I'm getting better at managing it yeah because there is that like connected shame um and having like that weird like flaw in your physical appearance and something and being worried about people like finding out about it all the time but it's it's just something that with time I've tried to like realize that like the end is kind of more hard to deal with than like the I don't know immediate like release I feel from like pulling the hair out yeah so oh that's a good way to look at it and like that's definitely like helpful that you got there to a place where you can feel that way yeah trichotillomania was like honestly like my deepest like dark secret mm-hmm. like I would tell people about being like bisexual before I would tell people about <laughs> pulling my hair out like I was like this is so embarrassing I'll kiss a girl but I'll, don't ask me no my literally <laughs> don't you better fucking not I would tell nobody like I there was like less people I would tell about that than I would like <laughs> right and like it's so hard yeah I'm not even kidding yeah oh my god because look people talked about being gay nobody talked about pulling your hair out so I just want to introduce you as being the registered thembo of the Search oh, yeah. for serotonin podcast I yeah I am so for all of the listeners out there who don't know what a thembo is apparently I thought this was way more common than it was literally Corbin <laughs> and I watch reality tv and so every season I'm like oh there's the registered himbo and a himbo is an attractive male who's not the brightest, who doesn't contribute a, like a ton, but they're yeah. just like, hey, I'm here and I'm hot. Olivia, <laughs> I'm gonna do that. Olivia has a lot to contribute. I do. <laughs> not really. She's a very intelligent person. Well. But, you know, in her friend group, she's definitely the thembo just because she's desired by everybody. Oh God, we're gonna tell them about that. <laughs> You're just desired and wanted and you go on a lot of dates. So I joke around and I call you a thembo because you're half well half they them because you also go by she her but you also go by they them well it's like a complicated thing because like I think in like I've been something I've been thinking about is that I do tell people that I go by like she or they yeah just because like for me it's not like super important if people use they I appreciate when my friends do it and it means a lot to me when they do but it's not something I need like everyone to do maybe like in the future as I get more like more comfortable with it I'll be like, no, I kind of like, I prefer they, but I don't know, gender. Yeah, but I just call her a thembo because I think it's funny and that's her it's true. on the podcast. Oh my God, it's so true. It's so true. Apparently I'm wanted by everyone, she but that's neither here nor there. Relationships and like mental health. Yeah. I do find a lot of people asking me about that. Like that, yeah, that's very true. That's something I'm like dealing with right now. 
rapid fire on the last of these questions mm. that we kind of got off topic from. Um, if there's one thing you could tell people about your <clears throat> diagnosis that isn't outright known, like if you're talking to somebody who like only knows like stereotypes about OCD, what's like one thing you wish that they would understand? Oh, um, I would say that it just, it manifests differently in everybody and it's not just a contamination related disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Same for like OCPD is that, you know, it's not someone who is a stereotypical version of a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, they have these perfectionist tendencies, but just because someone has OCPD and they have this perfectionism aspect, it's not, you know, like some great superpower. It's not like you're overachieving and you work a ton and you're perfect at everything and everything's like beautiful and put together and organized and very aesthetic. Like having that perfectionism piece makes you so hard on yourself. It makes you have such a negative outlook because nothing ever is good enough. And then also like your brain doesn't get a break. Like I said, you're just constantly going and going and going. And even when you're trying to rest, like you don't get a break from it. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest thing that's helped you? Like, what's your biggest coping mechanism? Honestly, just like talking to people that I trust about it. And just maybe like, it sounds so bad to be like, oh, it helps when I get like validation from other people. But just having like other people be like, yeah, that's like not so weird. Or like, that's not like, crazy for you to feel like it's just like how things are yeah I feel that with OCPD I would say like just being honest yeah is so huge like just like instead in those moments when you're like actually going through it instead of being like oh you know I'm fine or like things are okay just like admitting yeah just yeah. being like I can't fucking deal with this shit right now like, yeah I don't know what's going on Cool. And then the last thing, this is a question that I ask usually almost all of my guests is the version of what brings you happiness? How do you search for serotonin in your own life? And in that sense, how do you search for serotonin in low moments or when you're struggling with OCD a lot? Like what brings you happiness when you're feeling down? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, Wow. What brings me happiness? This is the question, right? Yeah. I want to make sure I understand. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? Lately, um, my friendships and my relationships and just like being around other people, like, it sounds so dumb to say. Oh my God. Don't, 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 don't in the comments. Don't come at me. Don't let the people know know this, but, um, my boyfriend makes me really happy and, um, just having someone who I can always rely on and is my best friend in the whole world and cares about me the way I care about him just makes me really happy. But lately I've also been trying to like find a lot of things that can make me happy by myself like my little hobbies and just treating myself and finding out what makes me me yeah no I think that's like that's all good like that's all good ways to find joy and I know you said you're trying to be more mindful and like aware of the relationships you have and like making Mm -hmm. sure you nurture them which yeah is always good with especially when you struggle with mental health because sometimes your relationships can 
not become the main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's important that you mentioned, you know, yes, your partner makes you happy, but also like you have to find things that make you happy and yeah. stuff that you can live for. Like how you said, like treating yourself. I love doing that. Everybody knows that I'm subscribed to the Panera Drink Club. Sip up. <laughs> no, it really, like, it gives me a purpose to live because I pay $8 a month and every day I go into Panera and I get my stupid little green tea and I sit in my car and I sip yeah. my little fucking beverage. Sip it. And the serotonin just shoots through my fucking yeah. veins because I'm like, oh my this God, is a I cute know. color and it's refreshing and this is all I need to survive and be happy. <laughs> But no, like, it's just those little moments that really keep you going, you know? Yeah. Such a whore for a good beverage. I love a good little drink. Something to sip on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we can wrap it up here. Okay. Next week, we can come back and talk about relationships and these diagnoses. And yeah, we can talk more about that. And then we have some games and stuff planned. Mm. And at the end of the mini series, we will be doing a little Q&A for you and I okay. to answer some questions if anyone yeah. writes, wants to write We will be answering. In. Yeah. So if anybody has any questions for either Olivia or I regarding OCPD, um, OCD, perfectionism, anxiety, depression, any of those things start sending them in now. You can send those questions in through the Instagram at the search for serotonin. Just send me a DM and we will compile all of those questions for you guys to answer. Olivia, how was your first podcasting experience? It was lovely. I'm here. I'm mentally ill and I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to have so much fun. Yep. We're going to have fun. God damn it. We're going to have fun. There's no other option. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe if the people enjoy you, you can be back as a more regular thing. Whoa! A little guest feature. We need some. Oh my god. It's Pride Month. We need to get a little gay up in here. Yeah. It's not Pride Month anymore. Oh, never mind. Never mind. (laughs) Never mind. Well, give her her moment. If you guys liked Olivia, let us know and we can keep bringing her back. But like I said, next week we will be back to talk about relationships and do a little more fun stuff regarding OCD and OCPD. All right, you guys, I am your host, Carolyn Farrick and Olivia Farrick. Woo! And that was our first episode of the OCPD and OCD mini series. Mm -hmm. If you guys like this mini series and you want to hear more, go ahead and let us know. Send us a DM on Instagram or give us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That helps the podcast and it helps us know if you guys like this content and what you want to see more of. We're always looking for feedback. That is all for this week's episode of the Search for Serotonin podcast. We'll see you back here next Monday. And as always, remember, this world is better with you in it.